Hello, and welcome back to the AM Take Podcast. I'm Marv. And I'm Amy, and we're two parts of this very awesome podcast. Join us as we explore a variety of topics every week. This week, we've got a rather serious topic lined up. We'll be discussing about the situation of women's rights in Iran, what led to its current big movement, and our thoughts on that matter. Yeah, so it's been a pretty hot topic in the news lately. Yep. There's been lots of protests going on. And yep. yeah, I think this is a relevant topic to our time and mm-hmm. to uh, perhaps to our audience. I mean, definitely for our age range per se, wouldn't right. you agree, Amy? Yeah. Uh, but just before we jump into the topic per se, I wanted to do a little announcement, which is we're on YouTube now. And so for those of you listening to the podcast right now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast on YouTube, that is an option. I've been diving into video editing, well, audio visualizer, video editing, and it's been fun. What? Are we <laughs> on there? Our faces? No, no. <laughs> not yet? No, not yet. No. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever put our faces on there. Okay, I, I see. How do you feel about that? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe if I visit Montreal, we can do a special episode or something like that. Maybe. I think it'd be interesting. We'd have to have a good enough equipment for that and set up, but... Oh, it would be fine. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, before... Also, before we jump into the topic, I just want to preface that I was raised with no religion. So, I have little understanding of religious context in general. Oh, okay. Is yeah. this Is this in general, like, the the big three religions? Like, Christianity... Judaism and Islam? See, I didn't even know what were the big three religions. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I know I of see. them. So but no, like, no, no context. Yeah. So. Them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because growing up, it was either you took religion as a course or you take morale or ethics. Oh, okay. And I took ethics. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. So you don't know the story of Jesus or anything like that? <laughs> Only the Bible stories, do you? Well, I... You know, like very, very, very little, you know, like um, anything that basically regarding Jesus that was shown on television, that's the only place where I would learn about. Oh, like, like. So it's very surface. Okay, I see. Level information. Like the story of Christmas and stuff like that. Yeah. Story of Christmas. Uh, Wait, you don't know the story. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Is it, is it? It, wait, it's it's the birth of Christ, right? Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary, yeah. Mary got pregnant somehow, even though she's a virgin, and then she gave birth to Jesus. <laughs> and then there were a couple of men in a barn, um, or was it a shed? I don't know. I know there was a donkey somewhere, <laughs> and and then they brought they they brought gifts. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. am I confusing this? No, with, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um. Yeah, and then he's supposed to be son of God, something like that. Mm, okay, understandable. Mm. That's fine. Yeah, that's basically the gist of it, I'd say. Okay. So uh, you learned all that through like television shows and like other people telling the story, I guess. Not really like. Yeah, essentially, uh, I think mm. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Uh, I mean, it's good that you have that background, though, uh, without any kind of pre-context or anything like that so that mm-hmm. it'll be an interesting dynamic i think 
in regards to our topic today. Yeah, and I'm mentioning religion now, and I know that our topic is about women's rights, mm-hmm. but it's very relevant. Oh yeah, definitely. And especially you'll in find this, out why. especially in this context, for sure. So um, let's jump in. Um, what's happening in Iran right now? Mm-hmm. Want to start us off, Amy? Well, recently there's been women's protests in Iran, and I think it's from September. Mm-hmm. And this was a result of an incident that happened. It, it involved a woman in Iran being being killed, essentially. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's lots of censorship going on in that country, censorship by the government. They slowed down the internet and tethered with it in Tehran, especially. Tehran is the capital city, correct? Right. I Well... I'm assuming. Yeah, Tehran is the capital city, and uh, from what I read, they slow down internet speeds just to prevent the spread of social media. People sending out videos of protests and things, and police uh, brutality going on around the country. And so, uh, especially mm-hmm. sending it out on Twitter and social media of that nature, especially to the Western countries and things like that. So, yeah, uh, and, you know, and the government yeah. of Iran is not happy about that. And Definitely not is very much very much against these protests and are trying to control the population and well the women protesting and men too those that are part of the protests and so it's violent mm. many are being killed for protesting and arrested for sure yeah arrested killed basically you're not supposed to to say anything against the government in that country and what kind of government is it it is a authoritarian government, I would say, and um, a religious one. A theocracy, I guess. Yes, a theocracy. And then we'll we'll explain that further. But yeah, essentially, that's what's been happening internationally. Women in Iran has been getting support, especially on social media. So I saw lots of Instagram, TikTok posts, uh, social media influencers just giving their platform to Iranian women so that they have an opportunity to voice their concerns and opinions just to raise awareness. And then there's also this movement going on of women cutting their hair to show solidarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the same time, there's been protests going on in uh, Western countries as well too. Yes, I know there was a protest in New York City and one in D.C. as well too, in the states anyway. And then I've heard, uh, seen news about yeah. protests going on in uh, European countries as well too, in solidarity in Germany, Germany for sure, definitely. Yeah, and this basically all started because of an issue with the morality police uh, in Iran, which mm-hmm. basically uh, enforces. Um, religious attire, re- religious decrees, I guess. Yeah, yeah, attire decrees or or rules that must be followed. Mm-hmm. And one of those rules was that women have to wear hijab, mm-hmm. and it has to cover them a certain way and a certain percentage of their body. Uh, otherwise, they'll be seen as naked in the eyes mm-hmm. of of men in general. Really, that's they say naked, but it's only to the men that this is seen as that way. So mm-hmm. um, they get punished, they get arrested, things like that, and what is the number that wasn't there a statistic about x number of women get uh rest of the year what was it amy um so yeah so i did a little bit of research and it was i think in in 2014 
in a period of three months, there were about 220,000 women who were arrested. Wait, in three months? Yeah, in a span of three months. Holy smoke, 220,000? Yeah. Oh my God, that's ridiculous. For having improper attire, headgear, veil. And this is this is like not wearing it. This is wearing it wrong, according to them as well too. So yeah. as you can tell, it can be definitely used for abuse as well too. Because someone can just come up and say, oh, yeah. I don't like how you're wearing that. And then arrest you basically. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, if you don't wear one, that's even worse. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, yeah. you get a beating. Uh, precisely 74 lashes. And you can get jailed up to six months. Jesus. Apparently. Oh, man. Okay. So with that mm-hmm. background, basically the protest started in um, September, uh, mid-September, approximately September 16th. There was a 22-year-old uh, Iranian woman named Masa Amini mm-hmm. who was with her brother when she was arrested by the morality police. Basically, accusations of her not wearing her hijab correctly, if at all. And um, what happened was she was arrested. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the way to the station, she was beaten in the in the police van and so when she arrived she was taken to the hospital and uh, she ultimately fell into a coma and passed away and during her mm-hmm. funeral that was held by a family afterwards um protests broke out after the funeral mm-hmm. and they've continued since then and there's been ongoing protests around the country and then now around the world mm-hmm. in solidarity in regards to the events that happened definitely mm-hmm. hollowing and it definitely opens the eye in, t- in regards to the oppressive state of women in Iran being told what to wear and yeah. how to wear it and things like that in the name of mm-hmm. uh, religious context. And since then, several protesters and uh, police officers have been killed during the fight back and forth as well, too. So mm-hmm. it's been interesting. Uh, it hasn't really been... It's been covered, but um, along with the war in Ukraine... Yeah. There's been a lot of, of uh, coverage both sides, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think not as much as, uh, obviously, the Ukrainian war. Um, that's one thing that's going on as well, too. So, yeah. You know, the government tried to censor it. They used to try to censor the story and try to shut it down. Like, Masa Amini's father got interviewed and was asked many questions in regards to how he felt and what happened and all of that. And he was telling the truth, but... Of course, they censored his responses. Um, Very manipulative. Very... um, Do you remember what was said? What he said and um, um, what they... Let's see. Well, one thing was while his daughter was in the hospital, he was trying to ask what's going on, Mm -hmm. what's happened, and then they wouldn't tell him anything. And then they were telling him lies such as, oh, she had a heart attack. But oh yeah, I remember reading that. Yeah, but, she had a. They said she had a sudden heart attack at twenty two. Right, years old. but then like when he got the body back, mm-hmm. right, and it yeah. doesn't make sense because why would she have like a bruised eye, bruised feet, bruised mm. limbs? So clearly she was being. Of course, yeah, and so things like that. They tried to mask it, but of course, I think it was. 48 hours after she died that the protests started to happen and outside of the hospital too. So they weren't able to silence truth in the end. Mm. So... And we know because of the spread of social media and I guess they were interviewing her dad. Yeah, that was before they they shut down. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, upon reading these articles, I came across 
guidance patrol, morality police. And then I started asking myself, what is morality police? What is mm -hmm. guidance patrol? Right. So I did further research on that. And essentially, it's a government body, organization, whatever you call it, who are uh, specialized um, or tasked to police women, not only women, men too, but that they conform to Islamic law. They conform to the faith, to the religion. And then I did a little bit more research on that and how it all started. And so it began in 1979 after the Islamic Revolution. But before the Islamic Revolution, Iran was governed by a monarchy, mm -hmm. the Shah. And while well, the Shah was working towards a modern country and it was heavily influenced by the West, but that was not well received by a lot of people because they viewed the West as basically the opposite of Islamic religion. Mm -hmm. uh, so then they felt threatened, especially when the Shah was implementing things like a ban of traditional veils. Mm -hmm. So like before 1979, it was banned to wear hijabs. Mm -hmm. And then the white revolution happened, which is when women got to vote and then could even run for political office. And that, and that happened before 1979, correct? Yes, yes. All of that happened before 1979. So a lot of people saw that as a threat to deviate from Islamic faith. And in 1979, that's when the Islamic revolution happened. That's when the state had turned over and it became a theocratic governance instead of the monarchy. So basically that, that was the last shock. And so... Um, yeah, and what happened? Did he go into exile or was he killed? Or he fled the country. Oh, I see. The Shah fled the country and there was this... Okay, in the background, there was this man named Khomeini. And he was essentially seen as the equivalent to a pope, mm. but of the Islamic faith. Um, he was in exile for most of his life. But as soon as the Shah fled the country, he came back to Iran and that was in 1979. And that's when, that's when there was a turnover of the government. And morality police was established after that to enforce conformity with Islamic law. So that's uh, basically a very brief history of that. I see. And when did they establish the hijab, the, um, I guess the law with the hijab specifically? Was it right after? Um, so I think it was. I think it was officially on paper in 1981, but I don't doubt that immediately it was already in effect. But you know how it is: paperwork and all that takes time, especially when you have to reform the whole entire regime. Mm -hmm. So officially, it was 1981 when hijab became mandatory. And then in 1983 is when they started to implement punishment for women who are unveiled. I see. 
And you mentioned that this happened to men as well, too. Yeah. I know men didn't have to wear a job, so how were they punished or they seen as breaking the code? Very interesting. I came across an article from Vice, mm -hmm. and they were saying how morality police was coming down on the men, too, for having something called a rooster cut. And it would be, think of a haircut of in the early 2000s, like a punkish haircut. So, you know, okay. like a rooster mohawk. Oh, I see. So any, any, any kind of like radical haircut then? Yeah, essentially, because it was seen as, oh, it's too Western. Oh, it's too, okay. Why, why do you not have a traditional Islamic haircut? So, yeah, they viewed it as too radical. But I would have to say that they don't have it as hard or as strict as women. Mm -hmm. I mean, plenty of men are still walking around oh, with rooster haircuts. So essentially, that's the gist of it. And there is no doubt in my mind that women are being oppressed in Iran. And it's not because of them wearing the hijab. It's because of them not having the choice but to wear the hijab. I agree. So, yeah, it, it all comes down to not having the choice. It is forced upon you. And I mean, come on, like they even have the morality police yeah, it's, governing it's, that. It's interesting. There's a whole like arm of the government to enforce women abide by these. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's aesthetics. It's it's strictly aesthetics. It you is. Know? It's just because it, it's not. I don't know. It's it's bothersome because it's it's men who feel that these women are naked in their eyes if they don't wear their hijab correctly mm -hmm. or wear hijab at all. Mm -hmm. And why is it the women's fault that the men uh, can't control themselves or right. they feel like? you know that it's naked to them when we talked you mentioned the fact that what about men you know what if men aren't wearing them what about them walking around naked yeah perhaps you know yeah how is that fair so yeah. i it's definitely not. agree with that for sure it's not yeah it's definitely not and mm -hmm. um you know these protests aren't anything new because weren't there protests prior to the islamic revolution as well too by women in regards to the raising of the um theocratic government i guess yeah um, i wouldn't be surprised they had if their were. own protests yeah but how did that end up though yeah it didn't end up well as well too you know because uh women with western that were seen as influenced by western culture or whatnot who mm -hmm. didn't want to wear the hijab they were protesting and that was basically shut down pretty quick as well too after the shah had left so mm -hmm. um it's an interesting repeat of history and um hopefully this time around uh, it sticks and they get to honestly their... I, I feel like in order to have proper change at this point they would need another revolution because there's no negotiation there's none it's it's basically two opposing concepts mm -hmm. and there's no compromise whatsoever it's either this or that and so at this point they would need another revolution to, well, that's my opinion though, but to overthrow the government. And, yeah, understand. Ooh, <laughs> I'm not. Well, that's that's a that's a big charge. I'd say. That is, yeah, but, that um, is. A I big mean, that's charge, a, that's that's understandable because I mean, the Ayatollah uh, Khomeini, he is the 
supreme ruler. So yeah. he's the one who's in charge of this enforcement aspect of it. And unless, and you know, I highly doubt he's well, gonna. I mean, he's not alive anymore. Is he? He's not alive anymore. He died in like nineteen. Oh my god! Really? So he's been long dead. Yeah. And yet his his rule is yeah. still. Yeah. Wait. So who is leading Iran right now? I have no idea. I don't know, but oh, he had many, many followers. He had a lot of very devoted students, um, oh, and basically, they're carrying his legacy—a bad one, but yeah. Um, but anyway, it's definitely it, it's a sh bold statement, and I'm not trying to incite people in Iran to overthrow the government. But I truly believe that at this point, if you really do want change, there's just no way to negotiate with the government. You're not going to... Your plea is going to fall on deaf ears. I mean, yeah, I think so too. Because, I mean, even if the government gives way and, like, enacts some, some sort of law that says that women can make the choice if they want to wear hijab or not... I think the cultural shift is still going to take a while for that to happen mm -hmm. because you still have these guys. What do they call the mullahs who go around accusing women mm -hmm. of not wearing hijab correctly or, or not wearing it at all. And then they're the ones who call the, the morality police. And on top of that, you have a whole arm of the government that would ultimately have to be disbanded. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that could happen because they obviously wanted these morality police in place mm -hmm. and so there was a, a definite reason for them to just go ahead and acknowledge that oh yes we were wrong um i highly doubt that's gonna happen uh, so i think you're right there has to be some form of of uh, significant change in the government or how it's being ruled but mm -hmm. i don't know if that's through revolution because that's crazy that we think about revolution in this day and age but yeah i think you're right because that's the only way for this sort of change to happen especially with these kinds well, of I mean, archaic it's, it's I think a revolution is in order when you're dealing with tyrants, when you're dealing with authoritarian type of authority, mm -hmm. when there's no room for discussions, no room for talks, but also when you are in danger, when you're not safe. True. And then it's just, you gotta take action. Or you got to submit. Yeah, it's interesting, though, thinking about yeah. this from our perspective, considering that we don't have to live in fear like this. So uh, that's definitely something to think about. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm a woman, but I've never been oppressed to that, to that level. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and yeah, I live in a pretty free and liberal country. But um, yeah, I wanted to talk about the religious aspect of the government, essentially. It is kind of very... Uh, interesting, right? Really. I guess, for you? It's interesting, but it's a hypocrisy. Because Khomeini uh -huh. once mentioned when the Shah was in power, mm -hmm. he mentioned that government and religion should not mix. Khomeini did. Yes, yes, he did. And yet, after the revolution... Well, essentially, it is religion ruling and making all the decisions. And the government is deeply rooted into Islamic faith. Everything 
is in regards to the Islamic faith. So as somebody who has no like religious background or anything like that, mm-hmm. how do you feel about like, say, for example, like the states? Putting Iran aside for one second, looking at the states um, with like, I don't know if you know much about United States. Yeah, and in God we trust and all of that. Yeah. How do you feel about that in comparison <laughs> it, to like that... Iran? That's almost the same way, right? Wouldn't it be the same concept? Um, no, hmm. no, it isn't because in the United States you have the freedom to choose what religion you want to be part yeah, of. Yeah, of course. Sure, yeah. there are a lot of things that are deeply rooted in Christianity and all that. And I understand that. But your laws are not based on religion. Yeah, right now. For now. Well, right yeah. now, yeah, there's a big push for like a theocratic version of like America. But even in our laws, we have that religion and uh, separation of church and state, excuse me, you know, so that they shouldn't mm-hmm. be sharing the same kind of aspects. Right. You keep religion separate, you keep the state affairs separate and obviously that goes back to iran as well too and like ultimately it didn't happen it was definitely a hypocrisy yeah um and i just i i don't understand it i really don't i don't understand how an entire country every citizen if you know the whole entire population can be so devoted to a faith and live according to it such that it's law. I, I I don't understand it. I mean, I can see that, but my problem is the hypocritical aspect of it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sure, you can live by the code in your religious text and whatnot, but I guess when you discuss the ethics of like, how can you just do this to somebody because of this, you know, for lack of a better term, this book, you know? Yeah. If you follow it strictly, I mean, it's it's gonna be bad because you're gonna you're gonna ostracize people, you're gonna treat people this way, all because yeah. of a few words. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing though how as progressive as we are as a human beings and how far we've come along, yet we still are held by these these ancient texts, I guess you could say. Yeah, but that's because they take things literally, and these texts, they're sacred and whatnot and i don't understand that concept to me religion is supposed to be a guidance what's important from them is the teachings the morals of it the ethics of it and if i were to be religious i would want to to apply these teachings right but i don't think i would take things literally because these texts were written so 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 long ago and a lot of things don't apply anymore times have moved i mean the concept is still there but i don't know man (laughs) things have changed since then yeah definitely and it's strange how especially when it targets one particular sex you know and it doesn't really affect anything yet it has this like strong urge to punish for no yeah. reason. It doesn't make sense to me in this modern age. Yeah. Or, you know, and so it, it's a puzzling yeah. thought. I actually am very curious about the Quran. And because I've, when I was doing some research on it, I came across some excerpts that was saying things like, mm-hmm. um, if 
if the daughter inherits anything, she must inherit half of what her brother does. Something like that. And I just want to know the rationale behind it. Why? Oh, like the reason why. Yeah, why are we worth? Why are women worth half of what men are worth? Because God says so. Is that a valid reason to you? You think? I, well, I don't understand why. Mm. I, I just because someone or something says so is not a reason. I want to understand um, the rationale behind it. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Like, is there some? Is there something quantifiable? Oh, don't bring science into this. <laughs> Goodness. But um, as a man looking at this situation. Aside for everything that you've said so far, do you also have like a different perspective in regards to? Well, in regards to women's rights right now in Iran. Oh, I mean, I support a hundred percent. It seems like the only way to make anything happen is to protest, and not just protest quietly, but loudly, and you know, in a way, revolutionarily wise. You know, in regards to. You can't just go out quietly. You have to go. It's it's one of those times where, yeah, you're right. Revolution is probably the only way for to make things happen because if you don't do it, if you don't act, I guess you could say, if you don't act, whether or not forcefully, yeah, I don't want to say violently, but if you don't act forcefully, nothing's gonna happen because they're just gonna shut it down and act like nothing's happened because that's what they're doing already. Yeah. They're already shutting everybody up. Yeah. They're shutting, they're censoring the um, protests, they're censoring the media yeah. and they're trying to, it's essentially like if they don't push as hard as they can to the point where it's life or death, then nothing's going to happen. So mm -hmm. it is one of those defining moments in history where it's like it is now or never. Yeah. And I don't think that pressure from other countries internationally is going to do anything because they're pretty isolated in terms of, well, they don't depend on other countries, right? Yeah, they don't. And, you know, it's also at the same time, solidarity in regards to may at least acknowledging the fact that this is going on. Mm -hmm. I think the worst part that can happen in the West is to focus on, you know, on something else or to not even acknowledge that this is going on. Yeah. And um, I know people will protest and other people will say like, well, you know, this isn't going to help them or anything like that. But... I think it does because it extends that voice. Yeah. It extends their voice beyond just their country. Yeah, absolutely. It's saying that this is not just them, it's us as well too. And we stand together with them. And yeah. as hollow as that sounds, as hollow as that seems from the outside perspective, you know, it gives them the hope, hope to, yeah, the hope to change. And I just think that if you see that's what's going on, you don't really support or say anything about it, then it's harder because... It's hard to do something when you feel like you're not being heard. Yeah. Especially in regards to protests. If you're protesting, say for example, someone's protesting in Iran and you're reaching out on social media and nothing's happening, no one's acknowledging it, obviously you feel like you're calling to a void where nothing's happening and you don't, well, uh, you feel yeah, discouraged. What was it called? There's a, there's a term for that. It's um, the bystander effect, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Where, um, we just stand and watch what happens and we don't, we don't do anything. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the same thing as, say, in a scenario, if you walk down the street and you see a woman being beat up by the husband and it's domestic abuse, essentially, but you don't, you don't want to get involved or anything. The bystander effect is quite deadly because you're just watching it happen. You let it happen. But... Then again, I understand, though, that it doesn't concern you. A lot of people think 
oh, it doesn't concern me. Why should I meddle in it? Um, I guess it's a personal choice, but... Uh, oh, it's definitely a personal choice. But if, if you're a decent human being, you see the overall picture. You see the big picture. You know, this isn't just yeah. us and them. This is uh, one community. And yeah. essentially, if you're a, a person, you know, they're people as well, too. And yeah. I think especially among women, they see the solidarity. Because, I mean, even the states, mm-hmm. we it wasn't too long ago when women didn't have rights. I mean, even now... Mm-hmm. You have Roe v. Wade being overturned, and it's the same. We're essentially going through the same motions again. Mm-hmm. And so, if history can repeat in Iran, and history repeats in the states, I mean, you just gotta fight for it. If you don't, then yeah. things just gonna happen all over yeah. again. It's also a fight for future generation as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In any case, um, our thoughts go out to the strong women fighting for their rights. If you'd like to help in some way for this cause, bottom line is that you stay informed, that you're aware, and you help increase exposure of the situation. Uh, this can be done in many ways, like sharing articles on social media, to writing to a member of your country's parliament, be an ally and join protests, etc. Well, whatever you do, though, do stay safe as much as possible. If you'd like to give us your two cents on the matter, you can do so by writing to us at theamtake at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-A-M-T-A-K-E at gmail.com. All right. And next week, we'll be taking a short break. So we won't have a podcast episode next week, unfortunately. However, we'll see you guys again on November 15th with uh, Black Friday as our topic. Uh, It's going to be a significant difference between Black Friday in the States and Black Friday in Canada. So until then... Take care, everyone, and hopefully you get to subscribe. Check us out on YouTube, social media as well, too. We have Instagram, um, TikTok, and YouTube, and yeah, that's it. Yep. See you.